The show's about to start. Are you ready? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a West Side point of view, right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of Hootay Nation and the Cincinnati Bengals and the Reds, who are in fifth place and five and a half games out but and injured. But anyway, we'll get to that here in a minute. Now, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 1,120 subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now, when we get to about 10,000 subscribers, I will definitely give away something really cool. I don't know what it is yet, but I'll think of something. So give me the 10,000 subscribers and you possibly could win something really cool for me. Now, this show and every show is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys, got a special show today. Unfortunately, Jeremy is not able to join me, but I have the man who had me on his podcast uh, earlier this week. He's from FU. We like the Bengals. And if you guys have not checked out the podcast, do me a favor after we get off the air here, go check it out. But let me introduce you to Alex Schubert. Fuck you. We want the Bengals. What's up, brother? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Uh, how are you doing? <laughs> What's going on, dude? I catch you off guard? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I was having a little moment. How are you doing, Jeff? Good, man. How are you? I'm enjoying the uh, – well, I will not say enjoying, but uh, muddling through the red season, I should say. I should put it that way. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – I mean, the Reds got absolutely demolished. Was it yesterday? It felt like, yeah, it was felt like two days ago. Was it two days ago? Was it yesterday? It was like nineteen four. Yeah, it was yesterday. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it's uh, I'd rather not think about it. It's just like because they start off the season so well. They start off what, like seven and one. Yeah, so our six and one. Something right? cool easy. Like, yeah, yeah, it was great. And and now now they, they started crazy. 
Yeah, they can't hit. The second worst ERA in the MLB, only behind the Angels. <laughs> right. And now they're injured even more because yep. uh, C Trap put this out there. Uh, Wade Miley and uh, Nick Senzel, who Senzel cannot get a break. That, that guy cannot stay healthy. Both of them are on the uh, 10 day IL. They designated uh, Carson Fulmer for assignment. Uh, recalled outfielder. Got Scott. blown up. Yep, got blown up, just like a lot of Reds pitchers have here lately. Uh, uh, de- uh, let's see here. Recalled Scott Heyman and Austin Goudier. Gouda? However you say his name. Sure. <laughs> and then I selected Brad Branch. I don't know if it's going to help or not, but that's the Reds are. I went on my soapbox yesterday, and, and they're so frustrating because to me, they are this close to being a World Series team if the front office would have done a little bit this this offseason, but they did oh. nothing. They did negative because I mean, it's I get how hard it was to sign Trevor Bauer. At least sign Disco so you don't have to scrape the bottom of the barrel for Jeff Hoffman or figure out what to do with TJ Antone or leave some good arms down in the minors. Yeah. Well, that, they, they got two really good arms in the minors, but they're in double A, and I don't want them to bring well, them well, up yet. Green, green, right? Yeah. And I, I don't I don't want them to bring them up yet because, you know, Hunter Green especially, he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. He They yep. didn't have any minor league baseball last year. I'm like, let them at least stay down there till at least September, you know, because how many times have the Reds brought guys? Yeah. How many times have the Reds brought guys up too early? I mean, they, they did that to Homer Bailey. Yep. Because Homer Bailey was drafted out of high school. And then, like, you can't have, like, a 20, 21-year-old guy in the majors. Yeah. Well, I mean. All right. Uh, you have a comment. Which one? Uh, so he had, he had an idea for the, the the Reds to win tonight, and I want to oh, see what it was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think his idea is just the Reds win tonight. <laughs> In yeah, I mean, he just said, like, "I have a good idea," and I'm just like, "What is your idea, sir?" <laughs> yeah, a couple people liking my uh, my uh, new day, my new stripes jersey, but it's it's not Chase. It's, it's you got your Burrow. Chase jersey. No, oh, it's your Burrow jersey. Yeah, Burrow. My Chase is the next one I want to get. Now, William House says here is the mad scientist on the hot seat, and that's what I call David Bell, the mad scientist. But t- to be honest, I-, I don't, I don't know if this is. It's not his fault that they didn't give him a shortstop. It's not his fault that they didn't sign any more starting pitchers. I mean, like, well, yeah. Well, it was uh, what was it? Not yesterday's game. The game, the game before that. Oh, when um, oh, and My- Miley was was pitching. I mean, he played that about as good as he managed that about as good as he could to try to win the game. And he pulled yep. Miley out. He brought Lucas Sims in because he knew it was a big, big inning to try to, to to try to get him out. And the Reds just couldn't score. Yeah. No, because um, was this? Uh, it was the one another game, right? Yeah, yeah. It was way out. That, that's it was one another going in the ninth. And then I think it was either former or someone got blown up. But I was telling you yesterday, like a one and nothing game going into the ninth, it's yeah. it's a one run lead, but it feels like an insurmountable lead. Especially the way they're hitting right it now. Feels I mean, like it's impossible just to get a run. Yeah, I mean, they went from knocking the cover off the ball, you know, in April, and now we we can't even hit the ball out of the infield. And I mean, a lot has to do with injuries. I mean, you know, Votto's out, Moose is out, Senzel is out again, and now we're losing our our Wade Miley. He's been our most consistent starting pitcher, so. 
it just it's just going from bad to worse, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. There's gonna be a lot of growing pains with the guys coming up, like being thrust into roles that they might not be ready for. They're just like um there are guys be like, Oh yeah, you're going up even though it's like you're on like two like you just pitched like two innings yesterday. You could be pitching like two innings today because our bullpen's so fucked. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I guess their uh, big old fan living in the Riviera says they're shipping out his Jamar Chase jersey tomorrow. I got gotcha. you. And then uh, I am. I guess, <laughs> and then Paul says, uh, he said, I should, when I get ten thousand subscribers, I should give away a Chase jersey. Hey, you never know. If I get close to ten thousand, or when I get ten thousand, that might not be a bad idea. But it depends on. It might be a year from now. It might be a, a different draft pick that people want. So I don't know. But tonight yeah. we got. A, I mean, we got. Guy, what? I mean, I've looked very little into the 2022 draft because I'm so already focused on like what's going to happen this year. Like the draft just happened less than a month ago. Yeah, I know. So all we need to focus on is Jamar Chase, Jackson Carmen, Joseph Osai, just the guys that we have now, and focus on them. Like we don't even need to worry about like what's going on. 2022 we call this year a wash already <laughs> well I, I was talking about if i get to 10,000 subscribers and I'll, I'll probably uh i'll give give away a jersey or something but it might be the number one pick of that year because i 10,000 uh, 10, subscribers is a, a ways away for me though unless all of a sudden my oh, show yeah. just completely blows up but let, let's get into yep. the draft though I, i've talked about it a, a ton here i know we talked about it on your show but yeah um I, i'm like I said, I, the farther and farther away I get from this, the more and more I like to draft. And, and to me, it's going to come down to what Lou Armadillo can do with his defense because he actually has pass rushers, run stoppers. I mean, he's got, I think, everything he, he needs from the draft and from free agency. So I guess not, not necessarily the draft, but what's your thoughts on, on Lou Armadillo and just in general as him as a defensive coordinator? I mean, he's got the pieces there. He's got um, he's got the best safety duo in the NFL in Vaughn and Jesse. He's got every piece he could want in the defensive line. He got a replacement for Carl Lawson and Trey Hendrickson. He got Osai, Sample, and Shelvin. He got two pass rushers. You got one run stuffer who can honestly make the linebackers. Like, as thin as the linebacking cores, you don't really need a ton. Like, you just need the defensive line to do all the work. And then you're fine. So I think Anarumo's uh, system might be like a 5-2. Like, he'll be fine with, like, say, like, Hubbard and Henderson on the end and, say, like, Ogan Joby and, and big, maybe Sheldon. And, yep, Big Daddy Bayou. That's what and maybe on the inside. Yeah. Who uh, knows? I, I'm stoked. Yeah. Shit. I'm, I'm stoked, too. I, I can't wait for the football season to start, to be honest. I mean, well, because – Oh, my God. Well, well, for me, I'm I'm a huge Bearcat fan. So you got the Bearcats, who I think are going to be in the top ten, and then the Bengals, who I think are actually be better than what uh, the national media prognosticators think is going to be. So I think potentially this could be a, a blast in football season for for Bengals and uh, uh, Bearcat fans. It's going to be so much fun. Like I, I've seen mock drafts have Ritter as a first round pick. I saw one today that said that Desmond Ritter was going to be um, Roethlisberger's replacement. <laughs> yes, I, I've heard that too, and that, to me, that that's way too early predictions. But I mean, I if you're really too early, at, yeah. But if you really look at the quarterback class that's coming out, if Des has a really good year, yeah, he he could be, you know, the second or third quarterback taken. He, he to me, he has got to 
get his deep ball consistent. If he can get that one, it's going to help the Bearcats. If he can consistently get the deep ball out there, because he's got a great trio of wide receivers this year. Um, it'll help the Bearcats and it'll help his draft stock as well. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, like, especially with, like, Alabama, like, just because your team is good doesn't mean, like, you as a quarterback is going to be, like, set for stardom. Like, for the longest time, I've not been sold on Mac Jones just because, like, uh, he's had so much around him to the point that it's, like, how much of the Alabama success is because of Mac Jones. Like, or did Mac Jones just happen to be there? Because he's had Devontae Smith. He's had Jalen Waddell. He's had Najee Harris out of the back, but he's being protected by Alex Leatherwood. So how much of his success was because of him? Like, like with Ritter, like, losing James Hudson's going to hurt. Like, Hudson's, like, like, we talked about this. He was the pick right before the Bengals. Yeah. He went to the fucking, went to the Clowns, went to the Browns. Yep. And that was a little disheartening to see. So. Yeah. I mean, you got to see what Ritter can do with the new pieces he has around him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you listen to Chad Brundle, he says uh, the Bearcats got, got a shot of having three first-round picks off this team. And, and I don't I don't think the Bearcats have ever had a first-round pick. I was just about, just about to ask that. Yeah, not that I'm aware of. I don't remember one because none of the guys from, from when, when, when Tony Pike and, 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 and uh, uh, Aaron Benz and, and those guys were there, I mean, Travis Kelsey wasn't a number one pick. I mean, you know, he, if you were like now – yeah, if you, if you redraft him now, hell yeah, he's a first round pick, but not then. But they're they're slated to have um, like even that team, like the the, the 2010 team, or like Tony Pike was like a six round pick, and mm-hmm. uh, Marty Gilliard was a fourth round pick. Isaiah Peed was a second round pick. Yep. Now Peed, he and he then could he's... have Isaiah Peed could have had the best career if he hadn't gotten into that car wreck. I really do think he was going to be a legit sucks, man. Yeah, I, I mean, no, you don't want to say anyone in a car, but like Isaiah P, like he's a hometown guy. That just hurts worse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Roy in here says Redder needs to improve his throwing when he runs out, out in the flats. Yeah. He just needs, in general, he needs to improve his, his throwing ability when he, when he runs out in the flats. And his, the biggest thing that drives me nuts is his deep ball because I there's a lot of yeah. passes he missed last year. So I'm like, oh, he, we, we could have really blown some teams out. But we'll see. Now, Titus. <laughs> He's uh he's starting to get to the 20, 2022 draft. <laughs> and he says that he likes the edge rusher from Oregon to go to the Cincinnati Bengals in 2022. And yeah, they're going to reject going to they the- they're going to number five again. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying with the with Ritter, like I, I see he has to improve his deep ball too. Because like to, to succeed in today's NFL, you have to have a real good deep ball. Like you can't survive. Yes. No. Like it's a reason why I don't see Tua doing all that well, is because he's just a guy who just dinks and dunks at twenty yards down the field, and like when he when he had pieces at Alabama he was great, but now that he's like he had a depleted receiver core, he only had Devontae Parker, he didn't really have a whole lot of guys around him, so like I don't see Tua doing all that well because he doesn't have a phenomenal deep ball. Well, he I'll put it he doesn't have a consistent one. I'll put it to you that way. He can throw it that far, and I've seen him hit him, but maybe not not as consistently. And that that's kind of way same same thing. Ritter has has it, but it's not again, it's not very consistent. Two, I think it can spin it. I've seen him throw some pretty good ones in Alabama, but again, yeah. it, is it him or is it the talent? You know, uh, his wide receivers that got him there. 
Now, Carr, like you said, honestly, I, I, I could not believe that the 49ers were even – excuse me, the suck 49ers, that's what I call them. Um, I can't even believe yep. that they were even considering drafting him with the third pick overall because I yeah, said the same thing. Like, yeah, I'm like, I, I, honestly, I, it's nothing against the kid at, at all. It's nothing against him. I was kind of hoping they would draft him because I hate the 49ers. But I think, honestly, he's went to the best team for him. He's going to have an offensive line. He's, they're going to have him, well, hopefully some weapons. You know, I, I think the Patriots are a good landing spot for him. And we will get to find out if he is any good. I mean, I, not that he's bad. Or if he's as good as he was in college, if it was him or if it was, you know, all the weapons he had. Yeah. With uh, with Jones, though, because like he, his receiver core in the New England is not – it's not – It's I think it's below average because you have, like, Jacoby Myers who had a couple games. And then a guy I actually really like, Nelson Aguilar, he had a couple really good games with uh, the Raiders and Demir Bird and um, Henry and Jonu Smith, the tight ends they signed. I think they could be okay. But, like, I don't know if Jones is going to start right away. And I don't even know if Cam is the right guy to mentor him. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the thing, too, I said, because Cam and him are two completely opposite types of quarterbacks, you know? So Yeah, because Cam, like, for, like, early part of the 2010s, Cam Newton was the best athlete in the NFL. Like, he was, there were times where he was just straight up unstoppable. Right. Well, but, like, Matt Jones is not an athlete. He's a no. pocket passer. I mean, he he's he's. I mean, I'm not saying he's he's Tom Brady, but he's more Tom Brady, like as far as the way he throws the ball. Oh, 100 percent. Cam Cam Newton. I will get the uh, Royal. No, Royal like Newton, yeah, I will get the Royal Flush Terry's comment here. He said, uh, "Convincing uh, offensive performances over to Fighting Irish and the Hoosiers will decide Ritter's draft stock." I, I that that those if they the Bearcats can go in to Notre Dame and beat Notre Dame, beat the Irish, and beat Indiana. Just for Ritter and for the Bearcats in general, that is going to be huge. And I think they are winnable games. Now, I was, I would love to go to the Notre Dame game. I got a buddy of mine who's a, a huge Irish fan and he and a Bearcat fan, but he's, I don't know which one he's going to root, root for when it comes to that game. But he wanted to go to the game. I said, ah, how much are tickets? He's, he's like, oh, on the cheap side, you know, 200 bucks. You know, oh, we, we spent about 500 bucks. I go, I'll, I'll just sit down here in the ice cave and watch it. <laughs> but I'd love to go. <laughs> I just want uh, I just want Ritter to beat the piss out of uh, out of Notre Dame just because fuck Brian Kelly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you know the thing is, and they got they not only do they have uh, Brian Kelly, but they also have uh, um, our oh crud the defense coordinator from last year. Um, oh crud, what is his name? Oh, the Bearcats defense coordinator. Uh, that's all right. Anyway, everybody knows what I'm talking about. All that matters is we got Brian Kelly to beat, and they don't have Ian Book anymore. We still have Desmond Ritter, so we're exactly. good. Exactly. Now, uh, yeah, uh, my name is Sanders. Right now, since he upsets Notre Dame, I that sounds sounds good to me. And uh, yeah, my, I Whoa. agree. My Maj Sanders coming back is huge for Ritter. I mean, that was that that is definitely huge to get him to come back. Yeah, Marcus Freeman. Thank you, Terry. Yes, Marcus Freeman. That's the defensive coordinator. For Notre Dame, that's yep. who it was. So there we uh, go. Titus has got a question here. What do you got here? Uh, UC football schedules out year. When is it coming out? Oh, when's the schedule coming out? Um, uh, I thought it already Let's came out. Let me. Yeah, I mean, I 
Now you got you guys both looking on, on our phones here. I thought it was already out, to be honest. Let me see here. Uh, let's see. Uh, September fourth, they play in Miami, Ohio. September eleventh, Murray State, both home games. Can I go through it? Yeah, yeah. Then I got then I got the next one, Indiana. September eighteenth, it's at Indiana. Uh, I don't have any times for that one though. October second at Notre Dame. That's huge because they get a bye week and that they basically get an extra week to prepare for to rest and prepare for Notre Dame. Exactly. Uh, That's huge right there. Keep on going. I can't get mine. And then, and then just the American football conference schedule. Yeah. And we, yeah, they open up uh, versus Temple. Then you got Central Florida, Navy, Tulane. That's in October. And then November is Tulsa, South Florida, SMU. And then we end at East Carolina. So here's I mean, a question. What's up? Do you think if UC runs the table, they make the playoff? I don't know. Uh, I mean, well, year. I would put it this way: they they did last year and they they didn't make it. But if we go to Indiana, go to yeah Indiana, and we go to Notre Dame and beat them, I don't know how they could keep us out. I mean, it's been, well, yeah. Let's put it this: if Notre Dame is ranked high, they could just go because they don't, you know, because Notre Dame. Might not be that good this year because they did lose a lot. So who knows? Depends on where Indiana and Notre Dame are ranked. I'll put it to you that way. They're going to do everything yep. they can in their power to keep us out. <laughs> so I'm not going to confidently say yes for sure we're going to be in. But I, I don't know if you're undefeated and you beat everybody on your on your schedule and you go to Notre Dame and Indiana and win. I don't know how you can keep us out, but yeah, you hope so. I mean, it's right. like big team, and I mean Notre Dame's not really in a conference; like an independent team. Fuck them. But that Notre Dame automatically, because they they're a huge market team. That's a statement win right there. Right. Exactly. 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 If you go into North Bend and you beat them, I don't care. Personally, I don't care where they're ranked at. That's a huge win in my in my book. Do you think Notre Dame has the biggest fan base in college football? Ooh. Um. Yeah. Yeah. If not, they're 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 up there. They're they're the top two or three for sure. And the funny thing is, they haven't won crap since 1988. But yeah. But people act like they're they're awesome. I mean, which I mean, they've been better since Brian Kelly's got there. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I think, man, it's gonna be the battle of like fucking. What frustrates me about UC is that they're always that last step. Towards like a big time gig, like yeah. Kelly with Notre Dame, Butch Jones was Tennessee, and then people the fickle the Michigan State rumors have been around for fucking ever. Well, the cool the cool thing is apparently, and I listen to Chad Brundle a lot. Apparently, Luke has built like a barn or something in his backyard, and it's supposed to be there to help recruit players to the University of Cincinnati. So. To me, if you're spending that much of your own money to build, and this thing's supposed to be immaculate, you know, you're spending that much money of your own I'm money. In this, you're not. I don't think you're leaving anytime soon. I mean, I might be trying to oh, run no. tea, leaves, tea leaves and stuff, but I think Luke likes it here. To be honest, I, I mean, and he's a loyal he guy. Does. Yeah, I mean, now, now my co-host Jeremy is a huge Ohio State fan, and I've said, now I know this will happen if Ohio State job ever comes open. I think Luke would leave in a heartbeat to go back to Ohio State. That's his. That's his alma mater. You know, it's a big job. And I think Day's fine there. 
Oh, I think no. I think Dave's fine. I'm, I'm not saying that's that's happening anytime. So I'm just saying if it happens, th- these are the jobs that I think Luke would leave for. I think Luke would leave for Ohio State if that ever opened up. I think he might leave for Notre Dame if right. that opens up. Other than that, I don't really know. You know, a whole lot that he'd leave for, especially since I've hearing rumors that they actually might expand the playoffs, the college playoffs. I hope so because eight teams would make it so much more fun, so much more ratings, and so much more money. Unfortunately, not going to the players. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the college football. Yeah. Well, one, thing, one thing about the COVID last year, it shows you that they can get football players and football teams ready in a week to go play a football game. I mean, well, who, who was it? It was uh, uh, Coastal Carolina and um, was it BYU? I think they, they decided to play each other with, within a, a week or like four days, and they, they set the game up and, and played last year. So this whole thing with not being able to, you need so much time to set stuff up is bull crap. You you can do it if you really want to. Yeah, I mean it also gives like it also increases your options and gives you the opportunity to put say Coastal Carolina against Bama or UC against Bama, right? Because like the Peach Bowl last year showed that UC can compete against the big boys, right? And Fickle keep getting killer recruiting class after killer recruiting class mm-hmm. and it's just going to make you see a borderline powerhouse yeah i mean it, it, what's gonna hold us back all the time is our conference i mean our conference is it yeah. is what it is i mean there's until we get out of it which i don't think that's happening for at least another four years i mean that's why i think the next uh tv contract comes up and hopefully we can get out of it and go to the acc i, I don't I, I would rather go to the i would love to go to acc the ACC. I want to say the Big Twelve. I see. I don't want to go to the Big Twelve. It, it's too far. There, dude. We wouldn't be able to yeah. travel anywhere. I mean, the closest one, only rivalry, natural rivalry we'd have would be West Virginia. I mean, look at West Virginia. They're in there, and everybody else is out wet. You know, Midwest. I mean, I'll, I'll yeah. go to the Big Twelve. Trust me, I won't turn it down if they, if they offer. But I would much rather go to the ACC because that's all our old rivals are there. I mean, Pittsburgh's there. Uh, I miss. Louisville. I miss yeah. the Louisville rivalry, especially from a basketball perspective. Yeah. I miss that rivalry. Well, it was one of the, the Louisville UC rivalry is one of the was one of the oldest and longest rivalries in college sports altogether. It know, was football so much fun. Yeah, I mean in football, they played for the keg of nails. I miss that. Yeah. We I remember one year um when uh, Teddy I think it was Teddy Bridgewater was at uh Louisville. Like, he was, um, the UC was like, ho, ho. And then Teddy Bridgewater was doing the ho thing with them. <laughs> oh, well, the thing is, most Louisville fans, I can I can stand. But most of them aren't that bad. Some of them, there yeah. are, they, they try to look their nose down on us. And I'm like, for what? We've got two national championships. You got two? I mean, if, you know, so in, in basketball, we're pretty, we're pretty even. So I, I never understood why they would look down on us. But yeah, I, I have the, the Louisville fans and just other schools fans in general when they come to, to Nippert or they come into Fifth Third Arena and they're not jerks and we kind of have a little banner back and forth or whatever, but it's all in fun, you know. And nobody gets really upset fun. about it. That, no, it's oh, like, I love that. I, I love that. I'll, I'll do that all game long, you know. It's fun. There's no animosity towards like, say, like Louisville fans, like. They're just 18, 19, 20-year-old kids just playing sports. There's no, like, actual bad blood between, like, say, UC or Louisville. Not, I don't even see the bad blood with Xavier. It's just a rivalry. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I love the rivalry with uh, with Xavier. Uh, Terry says he wants Cincinnati versus Georgia in the national championship, which would be very interesting if that happens since we played so good in, in the Peach Bowl. And and I, I don't know if you, you know this or not, Alex, but when uh, the Peach Bowl was going on, when they first announced that the Bearcats were playing the Peach Bowl, I came on like live like right after the, the announcement, and I just said, I think it's a winnable game. And that's all I said. Yeah, I it was, and the Bearcats had it. All right, and I, I didn't say I thought the Bearcats were going definitely going to win. I said it was a winnable game. The Bearcats have a chance. Georgia fans went nuts on me. I mean, I had I, I well, actually I'm surprised Georgia Bulldog. He's he I call him Doggy. He's usually on here commenting, but it, I had so many of them come after me. And like what they're like, what make you play in the AAC or AC or whatever you play in? I, what makes you think you come play with the big boys? I said because we're pretty good. <laughs> like you know, yeah, yeah. And I, we proved it. So that's why I, I I I can't wait for that. But but that's the banner I'm talking about. The banner I had with the people on my on the chat and everything. That's fun. I mean, I had a Steelers fan in there, yeah. Squealers fan in there uh, last week, trying to blow us yeah. up. And it's I don't care. You can come talk. Whatever. It's I, I like that stuff. I I I think it's fun. I mean, honestly, for Georgia, it is a fair point because. Like, they are in the SEC. They're playing the big guns all year. I think they only lost, like, what, one game all year? So, I mean, for them, it is a fair point. But that's where UC has to play with a chip on their shoulder and be like, hey, we're going to come in, and this yeah. isn't going to be a 42-14 to 14 game. Like, we're going to make this a competition. Exactly. I mean, well, one thing, and I think we talked about this on your podcast, but I won't bring it up again, and it just drives me nuts yeah. when people are like, if you know if Luke would have just ran the ball, he would have got the third down. I said, Yeah, but if he would have converted it on the pass, it would have been the same thing. I'm like, you it's, can't again, who gives it, it doesn't it doesn't matter anymore. The kid come back next year, smoke yeah. the shit out of him, and we're gonna make it fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, and that kid kicked a fifty six yard field goal. Like, you gotta give him credit. Yeah. It, it happened. But this and year good. And, and I said this on my pod, like knowing the Cincinnati sports curse. It was he made a fifty-four yard field goal. Knowing the Cincinnati sports curse, he would have made it from a hundred and fifty-four <laughs> yards. Unfortunately, you're probably right. <laughs> he would have made it from the locker room with two mascots doing twerks in his face, and he would have anything, any situation. He could have made it from the concession stands. Knowing the Cincinnati sports curse, that thing is going through the uprights. Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's get back into some. Uh, Bengals conversation here because uh, the chat is uh, going down slowly. I guess nobody wants to talk uh, talk Bearcat basketball. Let's let's do some some Bengals talk here. And the yeah. I brought up a little bit earlier that I think uh, it's really cool and exciting that next Tuesday the Bengals have their first voluntary uh, practice. And I'm here for it. Yeah, most to I'm not saying all, but most Bengals are supposed to be there. That is all, yeah. and I heard something that the OTAs are going to be open to the public. Or have you heard anything about that? I haven't heard anything. I thought I heard something like on Ace or Zim's show. They're saying that it was going to be open to the public, but this the, this is from Bengals.com, and they said they'd be practicing at PBS, you know, inside PBS. So I don't see if they're doing it inside PBS, they're not going to let us in there. But either way, yeah. it's how nice is it just to have football and, and practice and like some normality. No, it'll be so much fun to see. And you got to hope. I mean, do you think, okay, here's a practice question. Do you think they ever get an indoor facility? 
Yeah, I do. I do. Well, for what I've heard is the, the concrete place, the Queen City Concrete, or wherever it is, right across from the stadium. I heard the Bengals bought that a couple years ago, and I thought that's where they might be putting their practice bubble. But that was a couple years ago, so I don't even know if it's true. You gotta know. I mean, it's like it's been the subject. Like McAfee gives us shit for that all the time. Just like the Bengals don't have an indoor practice facility, and he's right. Yeah, he's right. I mean, the, the when the the um, stadium contract is up in what 20, 26, 20, I think twenty six. I mean, that might be something that they. I'm sure they will try to uh, get into the new contract to get that built along with. Hopefully, I'm hoping a Bengals Hall of Fame. But the thing is, where, if they don't put it there where the the concrete place is, where are they going to put it? Because they're starting to run out of room down there. To be honest, would you just build it over the? F- practice facility that's down there as is yeah you could you just put up put a a, a a bubble well they, uh, some of those the bubble is removable if i uh, they do make them like that right it's not it doesn't have to be permanent you can you can uh i don't know because I, I i'm i'm trying to think of ucs i think theirs is i don't know if theirs is removable yeah, theirs is kind of a bubble. I, I think so yeah so I, I think, yeah, I mean, that might be the thing to just put a put a removable roof on it because I mean, sometimes I think it's gonna you know, be nice and sunny and they want to be outside, so that's why. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do. Yes, I do. Eventually, think that they're going to have a practice bubble, and uh, but I don't really, honestly, don't think it's going to happen until the new uh, stadium contract goes. But I do. I, I want to ask you a question here, and I try to yep. promote this out. Um, uh, Bengal Jim is doing his uh, jungle to the hall. Which is here in okay. a little over a month. It's to okay. promote and get Ken Rally and Ken Anderson into the Hall of Fame. Now it's a, a rally that he's putting together. Where uh, we'll go there. Uh, Willie Anderson, I think, is scheduled to be there. A couple other Bengals, some media uh, types, and uh, it's a rally to show our support for Ken Rally and Ken Anderson to be in the Hall of Fame. And after that, uh, we get okay. a free free uh, tour of the Hall of Fame. I, uh, I mean, I might make an appearance. I'm just going to try and get some people on, on my podcast. Like, I might just, like, say, I mean, if I can run into people, and I don't know if there's going to be something, like, we might put it in, like, the Houdé Nation group or something like that, just say, hey, this is going to be a huge thing, and man, I don't know. I hope I hope it works, because the Bengals have been kind of snubbed from the Hall of Fame, and it sucks to see. Yeah, we got like, we got one. It's ridiculous. I mean, Ken Riley's still fifth all time in interceptions. I mean, yeah, I mean, you have like, I mean, you have, the Bengals have one Hall of Famer, like one Hall of Famer as a Bengal, like T.O.'s in the Hall of Fame, and we had one year of him limp dicking around the field for a little bit, <laughs> right? So we need to get yeah, more. I mean, once you get Ken Anderson and Ken Rowley, and the next one they got to get in is, is Big Willie. He's the next one for me that's got to that got to go into the Hall of Fame after Ken Rowley and Ken Anderson. Yeah, he he was such a fucking workhorse. He was on that that O five team that was just man. If Carson, I mean, I hate to be the if dipshit, but if Carson Palmer hadn't blown his knee out, oh dude, I. I I said I was talking about this the other day. If, if he doesn't blow his knee out, I, we have a shot of going to the, to the Super Bowl. And I'll, I'll wrap that into what my point was to that uh, is with the Bengals defense. If you look at o, the 05 team, that offense was so prolific. Our defense Filthy. was our well, our defense was okay. It was it was a lot of it was very opportunistic. It was we possible, whole, we, huh? 
That's all you need. It's just like a, a passable defense yes. and just a filthy offense. And the Bengals had that night. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm kind of hoping can happen this year because that defense in 05, they're very opportunistic. They got a lot of interceptions and fumbles and stuff like that, but they didn't really create a lot of pressure or anything. But but the offense yeah. was ridiculous, and that's where I think we have a shot of having something very similar to that this year. I mean, I don't think it's going to – I Bengals fans are going to hate it when I say this. I don't think it's going to be this year because, I mean, like, I want to see what Chase does. I think he'll be fantastic a couple years from now. Like, he'll be good this year. I hope he comes out and kicks ass and takes names this year, but I don't know. I can't say for sure that the Bengals are going to have an explosive offense this year quite yet. I think they'll be there, like, for sure. Once Burrow matures, once Chase matures, Tasa matures, and Boyd's kind of the leader in the clubhouse – Plus, you might draft a couple pieces, like maybe another tight end, because Uzama's kind of, and he was drafted six years ago. So, I mean, you got to hope that maybe the pieces come together. They get a couple more permanent O linemen mm-hmm. and just make it come all together. And I think they'll be fine. And they'll be a filthy offense come 22, maybe 23 at the latest. See, I, I always look at everything with orange-colored sunglasses. I think they're going to be filthy this year because the reason I said it, if Joe can come back and he pretty much picks up where he left off last year before he got hurt, he was starting to really figure this thing out. He was not holding on to the ball. He was three-step drop, and he was getting rid of the ball. And so I really do think I, – I, I just think Joe's going to pretty much pick up right where he left off. And I don't see Jamar – since he has Joe already, they don't have to work on the chemistry. You know, hot reads. They already know, you know, a little wink or whatever, and they already have that down. So I, I yep. really do think that they can have a really explosive offense this year. I think we can score 25 to 30 points a game. And the thing is, That'd be I, awesome. had Matt, I had Matt Minnick on here uh, from Sense uh, Jungle and the uh, Orange and Black Insider Podcast on Monday, and he's talking about the, the Bengals going five wide, which they could. If you go five wide – you're lining somebody up on a freaking linebacker, and that and that linebacker is going to get freaking destroyed. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun to see. I mean, I'm just – it's – the NFL today is so offensively heavy. Like, with it's like yeah. – it's not just offensive uh, – well, I'll talk about that in a second, Titus. But, um, like, it's so – like, not just offensively heavy, like, so pass – it's such – it's so pass-dominated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean the, the rules are, are made for that too. I mean, they they want you they, the NFL wants you wants them to pass a ton and create great plays and a you know a fun a fun game to watch. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's like um like think about the first round this year, like two teams drafted running backs in the first round and other like pundits and analysts are like, what are you doing? And they were good running backs. Like Najee Harris is a good running back, and Travis Etienne. He's basically been compared compared to Alvin Kamara. It's yeah. nuts to be like, don't do like. Why would you say don't do that? They're very valuable players. Well, well, the problem I got I got with that, and it's nothing to do with with the running backs or anything. It's that the the Squealers drafted Harris, and they got praised, but then the Bengals go and draft Jamar Chase, and they're getting ripped. The Squealers' offensive line is worse than the Bengals. But they go out and get a, a running back, and, and and the national media is like, "Oh, that's a great move!" Like if he has no holes, it's not going to do any good. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I don't know too much about Harris. I'll learn, I'm sure I'll learn more about him, but I mean, hopefully for the Steelers, he does all right. I mean, I think he could no, do okay. I just. Yeah, can I give you my hot take for the year? Yeah, give you my hot take for the year. Oh yeah, my hot take for the year: Bengals finish ahead of the Steelers in the standings. Boom! I think the Steelers are going to finish last. To be honest, I mean, I think I've been saying that for a while too because they seem like a very mediocre and incomplete team. This is this is probably going to be the. Last hurrah for Ben Roethlisberger. It's going to be. It should have been last. I mean, the receivers are all. You have three number two receivers on that team with Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have a standout number one. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and it's in a it's in a league that's so pass dominated that mm-hmm. I think the Steelers' pass tag is going to be very underwhelming. Like Deontay Johnson. Is has literal penises for hands, and Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool, and and Juju and Chase seem to be better on the field when there's another guy. Like Juju was at his best when Antonio Brown was being double teamed oh, yeah. by a quarterback in his right. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I'm thinking. So I think he was finishing last place this year. Uh, me too. And, well, that, and that's the thing with with the the Bengals offense this year. I don't think they're going to be able to double team too many guys. <laughs> we could spread them out, and I mean, who, who yeah. are you double teaming? You double you double t- team uh, T. Chase is open. You double team Boyd. The other two are open. I mean, who, who are you double teaming? You know. Yeah, that's the thing with uh, that's the thing with the Bengals. That's where I think they thrive is because yeah. you have three guys who could all they're all they all teeter in that number one, number two. Well, they can be a number one or a number two in any offense. Mm-hmm. Um. I was going to say, I forget who said this, so we'll go back to this a little bit. Um, they said, is Chad a Hall of Famer? Oh, we're down back. Yeah, I'll get that one. Uh, it's, to me, it's really, really close. Titus said, Chad, Chad's going to the Hall of Fame, hopefully. Oh, it's close. It's close. I, I mean, I love Chad. I, I it's Wide receivers are very, very hard to get into the Hall of Fame. And if you yep. stayed on the trajectory he was on, and he did it for another four or five years, and I would have said yes, but it, he dropped off the face of the earth basically. And, and so I, I love Chad. I think he's going to be in the Bengals Ring of Honor and the Bengals Hall of Fame, but I don't think he's going to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You know who you, are, you know you know who he reminds me of? Who? OBJ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He reminds me a lot of OBJ. He's a flashy receiver. I'm flashy in the context of good. They're both flashy and good receivers, but I don't – I'm not saying he's not a Hall of Famer, but I don't quite know if he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, he's – I mean, Chad Johnson is arguably I – mean, I think you'd argue either him or AJ are the, the one-two best wide receivers in Bengals history. I mean, I don't think there's anybody that can argue with that. But I, I just don't think Chad's going to make it. Now I'll get to what uh, comment here uh, Terry said. He said the Bengals need to add quality – Linebackers. Now we you were just saying uh when we started the show about how with our guys we have up the middle, it helps it helps out the linebacking core. I mean, you can more uh yep. speak on that like you were saying before. Uh Shelvin. Yep. So I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't be mad at a linebacker. I wouldn't be mad at like nah. 
Because the Bengals don't seem to have a whole lot of veterans <clears throat> in that linebacking core. I don't see a whole lot of well, like really not, like bona fide like yeah boom guys. Well, that's why I'd like to sign Josh Bynes back, and I, I'm getting ripped on here for that. But I mean, I want Josh Bynes back mostly for the veteran leadership, not necessarily for his play on the field. Which Josh didn't play terrible. I mean, we got Jermaine Pratt still, so I mean, it's not like we don't have any any veterans. But I remember, I remember when Pratt was there. Like Pratt was drafted two years ago, and he it wasn't his fault, but like. Jermaine Pratt seemed to play the role that he was given. He seemed to be the guy that just did everything you asked him. And if a play went right, he it was good for him. But if it went wrong, it's just like he was like the guy that did everything you asked him to do. Yeah. And I'll, I'll absolutely take that. And I hope Jermaine Pratt stays a bangle for a while because I actually like the guy. I mean, I don't. Uh, well, well, the thing is, I don't think there should be a lot of. Right now, there's not a lot of competition, so I don't know why Jermaine Pratt wouldn't be make the team. Because I mean, you got yeah. Wilson, you got Davis Gaither, and you got uh, uh, Marcus Bailey. Marcus Bailey. I mean, and then and, and, and you got Pratt. I mean, I don't know. Is there anybody else I'm missing <laughs> that I can? I just so. off the top of my head. So I mean, I think that's gonna be your linebacking core. And I, I think it's more about. I think it's more about the rookie contract because Pratt's still in his rookie deal, and. I hope that, like, I hope that, like, they re-sign Pratt. I mean, we're obviously speaking hypothetically here, but, like, yeah. they got to re-sign Pratt, hopefully, and we'll see how Logan Wilson and Davis Gaither pan out, but as far as I know, keep them for now. And maybe yeah. next year, if there's, like, a if the Bengals are – I'm going to guess, and I hate to say this, I think the Bengals are going to pick early to mid-first round. And if there's a linebacker – I'm going to say mid-first round for the sake of optimism. Okay. But if there's a guy out there, he's like the number one or number two linebacker in the draft, get him. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's – I wouldn't be mad at that because they spent well, the last – go ahead. Well, the, the thing is, it depends on if there's a lineman, offensive lineman there. Because going yeah. on next year, you, you, uh, Riley, are you going to resign Riley Reef? What are you going to do with that? And and what well, and to me, that, that kind of – uh, depends on how uh, Deontay uh, Smith, the guy, the yep. tackle we got out of uh, East Carolina. I think yep. that kind of depends on how he does. And I, I very high on this kid. I think yep. he's he's very well put together. He's got to put some weight on. I, I think with he with, did put uh, weight on. He put on like twenty pounds. Right. Uh, but I think he does that. And he gets the coaching of Frank Pollock and a year in the NFL. There could be a good chance that he could be our right tackle, and we don't even have to move. Carmen Jackson or Jackson Carmen, excuse me, to, to yeah. tackle. You can keep him at guard. Which oh, I, mean, I, anticipate, I anticipate Jackson Carmen being honestly best case scenario, one of the top guards in the league for the next five, ten years. Yeah. I mean, if, if, let's just say he's another the next Max Montoya. That works yep. for me. <laughs> next Brandon Scherf. I'll take next Brandon Scherf. Yeah, yeah. I that I mean that's that's fine. That's where I mean I that's where I, I think and the national national narrative that the Bengals didn't do what they should have done with the offensive line drives me nuts. And I keep I hate to keep I'm, talking okay. about this. Go ahead, yeah. go ahead. I have something to say about that, but go ahead. I'll just say I, I hate to keep bringing this up, but but every time I hear anything from ESPN, it's well, you know that, that offensive line they, they didn't do they didn't do enough. I'm like, okay, let's let's look at this. They signed a right tackle. And they drafted a guard. They already had a first round tackle that they drafted a couple years ago. I mean, they drafted. Two other offensive linemen in this draft. 
what I mean, the only thing they didn't do that the national media wanted them to do was draft Panay Sewell. What yep. is the big? I don't understand. I mean, yes, Sewell could be the next Anthony Munoz, fine. But yeah, if if, if Jackson Carmen is the next Max Matoya, that's good too. So I don't I don't get that. Good. It's I mean, I was a Sewell guy up until the draft. When the, I mean, and I knew Chase was coming for a little bit, so I'm like, when they drafted Shamar Chase, I'm like, screw it. That's my guy. I like him. I'm going to root for him. I'm not mad at the fact they didn't draft Sewell. I'm over it. It's okay. But the, like, the debate still rages on, and I'm just like, I'm over it. I want to see what happens with Riley Reeve. I want to see what happens with Carmen. I want to see what happens with Frank Pollock. I want to see just what happens with what the Bengals actually did do. And it's crazy that the difference between a much-improved offensive line and they didn't do anything to fix the offensive line was one guy in one round. Right. Yeah, that's where I'm like, it's not it, – that's that's the national narrative that drives me nuts. Now, let's get to what – and I kind of talked about this yesterday with James Rapine. I, I threw it out there that, you know, I, I think it's it might be a good idea to make at least make a phone call to try to see if Morgan Moss wants to come. Morgan Moses and Jeff just brought that up right there. Yeah. If, if Morgan Moses wants to come here, if he, if he comes here and he works out and you kick Reef at the guard, I think that was, uh, to me it's at least worth a phone call to find out if that's even yeah. something he wanted to do. Is the Trey Turner narrative still going on, or is that I just? Don't know. I mean, that that's another guy they could sign. To me, if if he doesn't pan out, you can cut him. I, I would. I'd be, you sign Turner, put him at guard. I mean, there's options, but at this point. I mean, at this at this point, I don't think I honestly don't think the Bengals are. I think the Bengals are happy with the way the line is, and I don't think they're going to add anything. To be honest, I don't think so either. Like they have twenty two million in cap space, and Mike Brown's just going to put that in his savings account and spend it on like I don't know, jewelry jewelry for his mistresses that are sixty years younger than him. But like, who knows what the hell they're going to do? Who who knows? Maybe they're saving up for next year. Yeah, and well, like. Thing Jeff just said here, it gives depth to the tackles in case Jonah or yeah. anybody else gets hurt. That was actually good. Well, I was saying because if, if one of our tackles gets hurt, then we got Fred Fred Johnson and Akima Denji as your yep. backups. Which I, I mean, I'm not saying I actually think Fred Johnson is actually a good tackle, a good backup tackle. I don't want him to ever see him at guard again. And I, I'm a, I like Denji. I think he he could be a very uh, solid player for us. But still, I like stacking talent. I like having multiple guys that you could possibly yes. use. And that was one of my big arguments for drafting Sewell. And again, I, I just want to say I'm over it, but, that, but one of my big arguments for drafting Sewell was Jonas played 10 games out of 32 in his career, but all of a sudden Jamar Chase pops up and was like, oh, Jonas is going to be healthy the entire year. I'm not sure if I trusted that at the time. But now I'm, I'm going like, to be optimistic. I trust, I trust Jonah Williams to stay healthy. And yeah, we'll go from there. The thing with Jonah is he did not get injured. He never missed a game in college. Never. You know, and Matt Minnick brought this up, and he goes that – he said that shoulder injury he thinks was something that actually happened in college because he was playing with a with a, a strap on or something, and it just got worse, yep. I guess, when the NFL started. And then this year or last year, I really do think – I don't even remember what he was injured from. I really do think if we were in a playoff push or something like that, he would have played. We were so far out of yeah. that, that I think they just – Say they would mix it. They just shut them down because there's no reason to try to take a chance of them getting getting injured. And plus, with mixing, you get like some Maje some reps. You get Travion Williams some reps. You get those lower guys some reps, and you it like because of those reps, 
we show it showed that Samaj P Ryan deserves to be like a second second on the death chart. It showed that Trayvon Williams can be third and and Chris Evans uh, Chris Evans coming out of Michigan, he could be a very solid forward. Maybe he could climb up the depth chart if say Samaje um leaves and goes to another team or yeah or whatever. Yeah, also got which a lot a lot of Bengals fans are excited about is Puka Williams. Which I am getting a Puka Williams jersey, and I'm getting the first name Puka on it. <laughs> Puka. Puka is one of my favorite names. They also got one of my other favorite names, Pro Wells. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the, they did try uh, Puka at – or not – he took punts uh, at the rookie minicamp. And I was kind of surprised that Chris Evans didn't do that because they got to find a, a, a punt returner because uh, Alex Erickson left. But the, the guy, uh, I think, why not Brandon Wilson? Why not um, uh, Darius, Phillips. Darius Phillips is one who I like to see. I, I think he have you seen his college high reel? He, yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, that's why. That's who I'm hoping that's going to be our punt return because he, I, Patman Jones drove me nuts, but I freaking love that dude. Yeah, he was. The best punt return, he would bring it out no matter what, and I love that. I can't Dude, stand Erickson yeah. catching the ball every damn time, especially on the five yard line. Very, I mean, Erickson seemed like a very dancey punt returner, and it just like never seemed he was a better second slot receiver. He was a better kick returner. Like he was a better slot receiver. He seemed to be. I mean, he wasn't like the impact player that you wanted. You you didn't really expect Alex Erickson to be an impact player, but I don't know why you make him your punt returner. Well, you don't want to fair catch the ball on a freaking five yard line. I God, that drove me. I know that drives me nuts every time I saw him do that. Yep. But yeah, um, Titus says I hope the Cincinnati Bengals bring a real tiger to their games. That would be fun. Yeah, you uh, should do that. Do you think the do y'all think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to change a logo in the middle of the field to a jumping cat? Uh, I don't know because they don't have the Bengal B on here. The, the 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 jump the jumping uh Bengal tiger was that was the logo they had on there uh back in the late nineties and they came out with, with that logo. So maybe I don't know. I mean, the last thing the the last thing the Bengals front office should do is remind Bengals fans of the late nineties. <laughs> Exactly. You know, Keely Smith while you're at it. That that was one of the cool things that did come out of the '90s. That that new logo, I did I did like that. <laughs> that was that was yeah, it. That was fun. <laughs> the helmet's uh, great, but it's just man, I don't want to be reminded of those late '90s teams that I think we never saw. <laughs> uh, Dallas, who is a huge Buckeye fan, uh, says Chris Evans was a wasted draft pick. Ella, trust me, I'm a Buckeye fan. We played against him. Now, Chris Evans did not play much at all with Michigan, and that no, had a lot to do with one year. Yeah, he had academic uh, issues or whatever. But hey, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say I, I think it, it 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 it's that's good for the Bengals because he does not he still got a lot of tread on his tires. They didn't use him. They didn't wear him out. So th- it could be a better pick than than the Dallas thinks it is. Yeah. But also, if it's a wasted six-round pick, there's kind of a degree of who gives a shit. Because it, I mean, I'm not saying that to dog on Chris Evans. I'm like, it's six-round pick. You take a flyer on a guy who had a lot of potential, and 
he seemed to play well with the opportunities given. He had that um, suspension, didn't play the entire year. So this is just like, all right, we'll take a late round flyer on you. Let's see what you can do. Right. Yeah, so if he turns out to be Gio 2.0, that's a good pick. Like Rodney Anderson, I think, was a late round pick, and he was supposed to be like a really good, a pretty good player. He was pretty good out of, I believe, Oklahoma, if I'm not. Well, Carter losses. It was like a seventh round pick. Who gives a shit? So that's right. kind of what I see Chris Evans as. And if it works out, you got a six round running back who honestly is just honestly a very good role player. And that's what I see Chris Evans as. Yeah, and that that's that's all. If he makes the team, that's all we need him to do. And that's what you you couldn't ask any more out of a six round pick. Yeah, and and yeah, it's just like, and I hate people to say people say like. Tom Brady was a six-round pick, but that's like the only time it's ever happened. I don't know why I brought that up. But it was out of Michigan, so that, that, that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing that'll happen. That Tom Brady, his story will probably never happen again. Six-round pick to what? Seven? Oh, it'll never happen again. Yeah. The people that say that, like, oh, you should take a quarterback in the sixth round because Tom Brady was a six-round pick. That's the only time that ever happened. Right. Right. Uh, do we know what the Bengals are going to do with Geno Atkins yet? I am just a fan. I don't know shit. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. Jovi's here and, and Tyler Shelton's here. I call him you know, Fatkins because it's fun. But, um, yeah, maybe they bring Juno back on a one-year deal and maybe give him the opportunity to like, maybe make some plays and give him a bigger market and – I think I think it's worth being a shot, but if it doesn't, then call our losses and say thank you, thank you for all you've done. But see you later. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was asked James Rapine yesterday, and he said there's a slight chance that they might bring him back. We'll see. I, I don't think it'd be a bad thing to do, but you know, we'll see what happens. No, I, don't, I don't. I don't think he's getting a whole lot of like, offers. Yeah, and they have the cap. They have like what twenty two million in cap space, so yeah, I think it's worth. Yeah, the one-year deal. Oh, yeah, I'm, 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 the next thing that I'm I'm waiting for them to do, and I'm, I'm not expecting it until like June or July, is uh, re-sign Jesse Bates. I think that's the, the next big move at the Bengals. Number one priority. He's going to get that Pro Bowl, and when he does, Bengals going to be like, hey, we told you, Tyron Matthew isn't the only safety in the league that's worth talking about. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. All right, man, well, it's about 627. I think I'm going to roll on out of here. But I appreciate yeah, you being too. on the show. And uh, do me a favor. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, on, but... Yeah. Um, so my podcast is called Fuck You Like the Bangles. Uh, what we do during the season, I don't know if we're going to do it much longer because I am I'm tired of us in the season. I'm tired of us the Ravens. But we, uh, we talk about the Bangles. My co-host, Johnson, and I talk about life and talk about the Bangles. And then we do during the season is we roast our upcoming opponent, like, because I don't know if I told Jeff this, I'm also a stand-up comic. So what I do is I write roast jokes <coughs> about basically the entire opposing team. Like we've done, I think I've done the Steelers probably six times. So I'm a little tired of that. Right. Um, upcoming, we're going to do the entire first round. Um, may I preview? Uh, may I give a couple joke spoilers that yeah, I have? Yeah, go, go for it, man. Um, let me see here. Um, 
Uh, where's one? Mac Jones. I said Patriots quarterback Mac Jones. He looks like he was discovered by Patriot scouts on Gronk's party boat. That's what I said. <laughs> uh, I have one about um, Rashad Bateman that I really liked. I said, uh, Ravens wide receiver Rashad Bateman will wear the number 12, which is coincidentally the same number of times Bateman tried to hang up the phone while the Ravens called to say we're drafting him. He's like, nope, wrong number, wrong number. <laughs> yeah, wrong number. Uh, I said Eagles wide receiver Devontae Smith was the winner of the 2021 Heisman Trophy and is approximately the size of the Heisman Trophy. <laughs> he is a short dude, that is for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we just like we just write roast shows on people, and well, also like, I'm I'm trying to get like uh, I tried to get peen on, but something fell through. So I'm gonna try again, but who knows? I'm gonna try to get like Bengals reporters. I'm gonna try and maybe get some players on. I mean, I'm gonna try. Who knows? Get, but uh, you fuck get, you, like the Bengals on all streaming platforms. Um, also, stand up updates coming up. Uh, message me about those. You want to see me tell some jokes in a bar or anything like that? But yeah, that's all I got. Hey, if you ever get a Bengals player, you got to send them my number. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on my show. <laughs> oh, Lord forbid. I DM so many dudes, and I've gotten absolutely nothing back. Yeah. The only guy I got was uh, what I, the only uh, notable guy I got besides you was uh, Malik Wright, and that was like, one of my favorite episodes. He was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, Malik's a good dude. I've had him on here. The, the, all, the problem oh, one great, I'm on, dude. I've, I've, had, I've had Dave Lapham on. And I was able to record a show with uh, Chris Welch. Those are my two big, big whales I got. I was I, I was extremely happy. Yeah, to Malik was my big. Yeah, Malik <laughs> was my most listened to episode. That's awesome. Hopefully, hopefully mine will catch up. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm always. Who knows? <laughs> all, right. all right, you gotta go. Right. So I gotta roll him. But sounds good, Alex. All right, brother. Thanks a lot, man. Who day? Who day? Go Bengals. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. I know the internet got really bad there toward the end. I hope you guys could hear what he was saying. I don't know what is going on with my internet. I I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to get it to... I've done everything I do. I've pl- I've plugged my, uh, unplugged my internet, plugged it back in, turned my computer off, done, done everything I could do. I don't know. So I'm hoping, hoping you guys could hear all that stuff. But let's get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream. Uh, and I appreciate every single one of them. They're Hootay Nation, a great Bengals group. Cincinnati Reds, riding third, heading for home. Bearcat Country, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar. You can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is Jeff A. Trenopole. That's T-R-E-N-N-E-P-O-H-L. I'm on TikTok. Uh, the handle there is Iceman90. I'll be pulling the sound off of this later on tonight and putting it up on the podcast. So if you can't watch it for an hour, you can listen to it. I'm on BeanPod, uh, Apple iTunes, Spotify, uh, pretty much wherever you guys get your podcast, I'm there. So you can download it. Make sure you rate, like, and review. Uh, Give me a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. YouTubers, like I said, when I get to 10,000 subscribers, I will – Give some kind of jersey or something away. I, I we got a ways to go to get to that. We're at 1,120, but let's get to 10,000 as fast as we can. That would be awesome. I would greatly appreciate it. So tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell everybody about sports with strawberry ice. And other than that, hopefully Jeremy D was able to help his sister out. That's why he was unable to be on the show today. Other than that, you guys have a great week. My Zeke of the week, I'm going to do it real quick. Zeke of the week, the Reds. 
management, Reds ownership for not doing anything to help the Reds this year. You have a ball club who could compete for the playoffs, could possibly go to the World Series if you had done just a little bit to freaking help them and you did absolutely nothing and it's driving me nuts. You guys are my Zeeks of the week. Hopefully the Reds will win tonight. They're taking on the Brewers. And other than that, that's just sports, baby. See ya!